the fifth, uh, today's number five, okay? So, Jimmy, that means we, what, how, how many we have left? About 20? <laughs> so, amen, right? All right amen. Um, but we are on number five uh, in Habakkuk, and um, the title of it you can see is, Is That Your Final Answer? Um, so we'll get there in a moment, but I want to kind of start with the central statement for the entire book of Habakkuk, which is, is, is obviously a simplified, there's, there's much more in it, um, but I think the theme for the book is, you know, definitely could be this, and, that's, and it's not going to be on the screen, but it's going from gloom to glory requires us to embrace, excuse me, the goodness of God. And basically, kind of, you know, when things are tough and we don't understand, do we do we go to God? Is that who we turn to? So last week, and uh, I appreciate the, the comments on this one, and I was like, wow, uh, uh, I guess it was not too bad. Um, uh, my mom was telling me, you know, she said, I always appreciate and Mr. Dolores and some others. Um, even Mr. Mike mentioned it. But it says, last, last week, if you missed it, it was um, when it comes to prayer, believers worship God, sometimes wonder why God does what he does, worry sometimes, and then wait for more answers. Uh, so to summarize at this point, Habakkuk was very concerned with what, with what was going on around him, really from Israelites, from his own people. He was like, man, there's a lot of craziness, guy, like a lot of evil, a lot of bad stuff. So he goes to God about these concerns. God answers that he would use the Chaldean, Chaldeans, the Babylonians, to bring his people to judgment. Habakkuk doesn't like that because Chaldea, like we mentioned last week, is more evil than Judah. So it's like, why would you send a more evil nation to punish a more righteous nation? Uh, and then he says, though, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to stand at my guard post. I'm going to wait and watch for the response that we'll see from God today. All right? And so that's what we want to look at today, God's response. And so with that said, uh, as, a, as a bit of a, a brief introduction to kind of the, that goes with the title, does anybody remember the game show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Anybody remember that? Um, uh, Regis Philbin, you know, uh, was was the game show host of it, and he would he was became famous for asking, "Is that your final answer?" And uh, and, and he didn't let the answer stay until you know that the, the contestant said yes. All right. Um, and I remember seeing. I actually showed it to students before. I don't know if Jimmy remembers it. I don't know, but. Um, I don't know if it was the first guy who ever won. I think it yeah, might have been. I think it was the first guy who ever won the million dollars. So if you recall that show, um, you had a couple of lifelines. And so if you, you could call, you could phone a friend, uh, was one of them. <clears throat> and so I don't think he had used any of his lifelines, if I'm not mistaken. And he gets to the final question. Uh, he he uh, Regis asked him the question, and then. Um, he and then the contestant, I can't remember his name, but the contestant says, uh, I'd like to use one of my lifelines. And he had a smile on his face when he said it, like a smirk. And he calls his mom and he, and he, he says, Mama, you know, I don't really need your help or anything. Uh, I just want to let you know I'm about to win a million dollars. Because, and then he and then he hangs up on his mom and says, Because the answer is. So and so, and then you know, Regis is like, "Is that your final answer?" And it was right. Okay, so pretty, pretty cocky. I was pretty. I was like, "That was a boss move, right?" Um, but yeah, he just wanted. Yes, exactly. Um, and so today, and thank you, Miss Miss Rhonda. Uh, it says, um, "Is is this God has the final answer to prayer?" And we're actually going to look at final answers. So it's going to be like four four points, okay? Um, and four words to start with the letter F. I'm doing good, Mr. Lorsch. All right. So God has the final answer to prayer. 
And then we're going to see that 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 answer is fixed. It's not false, and it's always fitting, All right? And, and I, I, I love that you can. That is definitely in Habakkuk. But uh, we can't get to the three points, three main points, really, without getting this point here. Okay. I, I, if we don't get this, then we may as well stop after that and just go home. All right. Because this first part is extremely important. And so Habakkuk two, verse two. He says this, The Lord answered me, Write down this vision. Clearly inscribe it on tablets so one may easily read it. And then I want to go to Zephaniah. Y'all may not remember, and that's okay if you didn't. Zephaniah was one of his five or six contemporaries who also had books in the Bible, who wrote during the same time. Okay, And so Zephaniah says this in, in chapter 3, verse 8, Therefore wait for me, very similar, this is the Lord's declaration. Okay? Uh, until until the day I rise up for plunder, for my decision is to gather nations to assemble kingdoms in order to pour out my indignation on them. All my burning anger for the whole earth will be consumed by the fire of my jealousy. Um, the point here it, it, that we'll get to is that the Lord answered. It was the Lord's declaration. Okay, so, so get that. But I want to go back a little bit. So Habakkuk had just said, and it's not going to be up there, Miss Rhonda, and it's okay, uh, but he had just said what we left off of last week. You know, he, he was... Uh, the, the part about him watching and waiting. So let me read it. It's not going to be uh, on the screen. But Habakkuk 2 verse 1 says, I will stand at my guard post and station myself on the lookout tower. I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I should reply about my complaint. So he said uh, last week, I, I don't understand all the time, but I, I'm still going to watch. I'm gonna, it's like uh, I'm the lookout right, for our country. I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch and I'm going to wait for God to answer. And then the Lord answers. Okay? So my point simply here is that God has a final say. So if we want to go back to who wants to be a millionaire and we can change, is that your final answer to maybe something like who has the final answer, right? Um, it's, it's his words that will prevail, amen? So, it, I mean, in Habakkuk 2, verse 2, Habakkuk said, the Lord answered. In Zephaniah, uh, Zephaniah says, this is the Lord's declaration. See, it, it wasn't from some false preacher's words. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't um, Joseph Smith answered me. Right? You know, Joseph Smith being from the Mormon um, uh, religion there. It wasn't, um, this is Muhammad's declaration. It, it wasn't, uh, Buddha answered me. Okay? Uh, it wasn't even, um, this is, this is uh, Harold Camping's declaration. Who? Well, exactly. You don't even know who that is. All right, uh, or uh, um, William Miller, or Hong Ming Chen. Well, they, for the record, they were false prophets. Okay, you can look them up if you want more uh, information. I can give them to you. But uh, the the point is, it, it it wasn't words from them. It was words from the Lord God Almighty. Amen. And, and uh, listen, we we need we need to strive to live our lives in a way right, that that shows that we believe this point. Okay. It's a simple point, but it, it, I, I believe it still speaks today at this moment and any, just like every other moment. We, we should live our lives that, in a way that we believe that God, Lord God Almighty, Yahweh, Adonai, the Master and Savior, He has the final answer. Okay? He has the final answer. And not that we have the final answer, because that's how I live my life sometimes. You know, I, I have the answer. Or or maybe I live my life in a way that, that says that that. God doesn't have the answers. He's got some questions. You know, I don't really trust him, right? Uh, I hope you're seeing the connections here. See, see God knows. He, he's omniscient. He, he knows all things. 
Um, I may have mentioned this before, but my wife, my beautiful wife here, Sally, is extremely difficult to surprise. Okay, um, and the fact that whenever I uh, proposed to her and I did it in a really cool way, right? Come on, you have to give me props on that one. All right, uh, with a little um, scavenger hunt in my in the little uh, parsonage, you pasture parsonage in Lee, Florida, uh, right off ninety. Okay, amen. Right, uh, right there, and I surprised her. Okay, so for me to surprise Sally is a big deal. Uh, listen, and I know that's kind of a fun way of of, of transitioning this, but listen. Uh, our God is never surprised. He's not. Okay? He, he, he's in control. He knows. And, and I'm, I'm sure he knows, man, this is going to hurt, you know, but I'm going to use it. Okay? Just keep trusting in me. Because, again, we don't, we don't understand. Uh, I love Psalm 139. It is one of my favorite psalms, um, especially when it gets down into, uh, into the actual, you know, meat of it and uh, several verses in, and it talks about, um, you know, being knit together in, the, in my mother's womb. You know, just the idea that we are, all, you know, we're, we're wonderfully made. Um, I love that. It's also kind of interesting, too, because then David just kind of goes all crazy for a moment. It's <laughs> uh, like, I'll slay the evil. Uh, but, uh, but, but the first four verses is this. And, and think of this idea of, of knowing, okay, God's omniscience, which means God knows everything, okay? Uh, Lord, you have searched me, and you've known me. And, and, and me, that you put yourself in, into me, okay? Uh, substitute it for me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from far away. You observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all my ways. And this amazing one, verse 4, before a word is even on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. You know what I'm about to say, Miss Jan, even when it's going to be bad. Even when I'm like, I'm not going to say anything, and I say it anyway. All right? I'm not going to complain about having to, ha having to walk kids to lunch this year. I'm not going to do it, and I do it anyway. All right. Okay. Amen. Thank you there, brother. All right. So allow me to pursue this point just a little further to really make the point, And that's kind of a joke we'll see in just a second. And so Ms. Ron is going to help me out as we show, uh, because I'm a little bit of a grammar nerd, right? The points, the, the punctuation is very important. Okay. And, and so we, when we get this, uh, you know, the idea, you know, God has the answers, question mark or a period. Okay, so so look, just you know, this for fun. I have five of them, so so here we go. Caitlin and Riley will love these. Caitlin, you'll look, you'll definitely like this. So so you want to you want to look at these? Yep. Let's eat, Grandma. Let's eat, Grandma. We're hoping it's the last one, the second one, right? We don't want to eat, Grandma. That would be nasty. All right, go ahead, Miss Ron. All right. Man eating chicken or. You know, hyphens matter. Man eating chicken. That's a big old chicken that likes to eat man. All right? All right there you go. Okay? Or, third one, Oxford commas matter. I want to thank my parents, Tiffany and God. Those are my parents. God's my dad. Tiffany's my mom. All right? Or I want to thank my parents, comma, Tiffany, comma, and God. <laughs> big difference. Okay. Let's do two more for fun. Jimmy's like, we're in English class. Yay. All right. Eat, eat your dinner. Or eat um, your dinner. Um, yeah. yeah, that cow is your dinner. Okay, so apostrophes matter. And, there were, and the last one, I, this is for the ladies in the house. A woman without her man is nothing. A woman, colon, without her 
man is nothing. Amen. Right, ladies? There you go. All right. There you go. <laughs> but, you know, for fun, but I, I hope that it, you know, it makes the point. Get it? Oh, it's another bad joke, bad dad joke. It, you know, the point, and that is, um, you know, that it, when, we, when we say the statement, God has the answers, you know, the end of that statement is important. Is it a question mark or is it a, is it a period? Okay. Um, and, and I, again, I, we, I believe that we, we have to get this point in order to move on today, okay? So it might have been simple, but again, I've said it many times, doesn't mean it's less meaningful, less important. So God has the final answer to prayer. So now that we've established that, and we believe that, hopefully, so let's look at his answer being fixed, being not false and fitting. So here we go. Let's go back to chapter, uh, to chapter 2, verse 2. Only covering a few verses today, which is par for the course for Patrick, right? Okay, no. all right. You don't have to say amen. All right, all right. Yeah, I know. I knew it was coming. I, I, I know. I admit. Okay. All right. Habakkuk two verse two. The Lord answered me. Write down this vision clearly and inscribe it on tablets, so one may easily read it. So the part we're looking at there, okay, for your information, if you're wondering where do you get this from, uh, this point fix is the clearly inscribe it on tablets part. Okay. Okay, so uh, what I mean again by, by God's words being fixed is that they are certain. All right, uh, the English Standard Version, the ESV says, "Make it plain on tablets." Make it plain on tablets. Um, did you know uh, where the "set in stone" um, phrase come from? Anybody know? Um, according to my research, it it first came to widespread popularity in the 18th century when when people started to make tombstones out of stone and granite. Um, setting something in stone is traditionally known to be the most permanent choice, but our culture has moved away from using materials such as marble, slate, and or wood for headstones. Um, it says that Civil War battlegrounds paved the way for endless wooden crosses, and then soon thereafter, deceased soldiers were memorialized in stone tombs. So set in stone. So God has God told Habakkuk to write it down, set it in stone. All right. Any George Strait fans in the house? Anybody? Any George Strait fans? Okay, somewhere in. You know, if you, you notice, you can sing with me. Write this down. Take a little note to remind you in case you didn't know. All right, there you go. All right, so George Strait, uh, but he, he didn't know he was a preacher, right? But write this down. Okay, set it in stone. See, the tablets were either made of clay, based on my research, either made of clay, which, which then would be baked and become like stone, or it was made out of ivory or wood. So he, Either any of those three things is going to be hard, you know, uh, uh, very strong. And, and any of these, they would be enduring reminders that God's word would come about. And, and it's very likely that's what that what's being referred to here is in that situation is the book of Habakkuk that we're currently going through. <laughs> Write it down. Okay, I wrote it down, and now we can read it. Now we can go through it. So uh, I did. I did want to make an additional note that I found very interesting. I thought you would too, because I also think it, it can bring about some. Uh, some other things to think about in our walk uh, with Christ. And that is um, uh, that the make it plain on tablets part, uh, because there, there's some, there could be some different interpretations. The King James Version says, and make it plain upon tables. Okay, upon tables. Uh, what this could mean is that um, that's where people would actually write announcements back in that time. Uh, like in the town square or whatnot, uh, that would be displayed for the public to read as they're walking through, almost like a billboard type thing in a way, All right, a little anxious billboard. Uh, that was my interpretation of that. Okay. Um, or, uh, like I said, let me read the ESV version. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets in this part here, so he may run who reads it. 
So that part. So he may run who reads it. Um, those who, like David Guzik said, those who, those who read it would make rapid progress. Okay, may run, but they couldn't make this progress if Habakkuk did not make it plain. So I, I kind of like the two connecting there. And again, this can be interpreted a few ways. I don't mean to chase the rabbit too long uh, and too far. Um, I'm going to be like Skippy and only chase it for a little while because the rabbit's too fast for me. Uh, it's the funniest thing in the world to see Skippy try to catch a rabbit. But anyway, um, some have suggested that it could mean that the letters were to be written large enough that a person running by would not have to stop to read them. Or the messages are so clear that a messenger could run with it and spread the news. So either way, I think it has it could be good. Okay, I like the second one there uh, a little better. But either way, I think is is decent, uh, and I can see where they're coming from. But I think the, that the main point is that the news uh, was clear and it was spread. Okay, it, it was certain. Uh, on a side note, little mini dirt road moment, taking a cue from J. Vernon McGee, he made, he made a point to say that sometimes people try to do the running before the reading. Amen or amen. Yeah, it's a good point. Okay, uh, you know that, and that shouldn't be the case, be it preachers or lay people. And I don't mean to go off on that too much, but I, I do think it's important if you're, uh, you know, if you're a preacher, if you've ever been, if you're ever asked to speak somewhere, um, that you study to show yourself approved. Okay, a worker who can correctly divide the word of truth. Don't, don't, don't just go off the cuff. Okay, I have to, you think you have to be really, really careful with that. Okay, uh, so I just wanted to kind of say that. Um, and and uh, Barker says this, it means that a person who reads the message will adopt it as a guide for living and will run through life according to it. And I think that's a, I, I really, really like that. And may we do the same as believers because God has made it plain what he expects of us in his word. Now, there's numerous, you know, you go to Ten Commandments, you can see other ones there. But I just want to, I just want to kind of highlight a couple of simple ones because I'm a simple guy. Um, you had a chance to say amen. Um, so Micah 6, verse 8. Micah 6, verse 8. Some of y'all have this memorized. All right, maybe in a different version, ESV or King James. But mankind, he has told each of you what is good and what is the Lord requires of you to act justly, to love faithfulness, and to walk humbly with your God. Okay? If we could do that as, as followers of Christ, all right, to, to act justly, to love faithfulness, and to walk humbly, all right, how, how awesome our, our um, witness will be to others. Okay? Um, also, Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31, the, the Shema okay, that, um, that Jesus shared and said even, you know, uh, it's even important even today um, in, in, uh, with, with Jesus there. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. Okay? The second is love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other command greater than these. Okay? We love the Lord with everything we have, and then we love others. You know, and, and this is that's what our our uh, church's kind of main motto, theme, or whatever you want to call that is: love God and love others. Okay, real simple. Or, and then also the Great Commission, Matthew twenty-eight eighteen through twenty. Jesus came near and said to them, "All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I commanded you. And remember, I'm with you always to the end of the age." So our job is to spread the gospel to those around us. And they're just those are just a few. Look, God, here's the deal. God is going to deal with wickedness, okay? He's going to deal with it among his people in his own time, okay? As he will also do the same with wickedness in general. So don't, don't lose heart. It's, it's tough sometimes looking, you know, I don't even like watching the news, okay? I, 
You know, it's just so much craziness, right? Um, uh, you know, the Babylonians will invade Judah at their point in time. It will happen. It has happened already, okay? Uh, God's people will be, will be rescued in his time. This was, you know, Habakkuk didn't know that. It will happen. Guess what? It did happen. Okay, uh, and, get, and, and they both already happened. So I, I like that how Acts to Timer says uh, God's purpose cannot be thwarted. It, it's it's fixed. His, his answers are fixed and certain. Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11, and some of y'all have this one memorized as well. For just as rain and snow fall from heaven and do not return there without saturating the earth and making it germinate and sprout and providing seed to sow and food to eat, eat this part here. So my word that comes from my mouth will not return to me empty. Or void, all right, from the King James Version, but will accomplish what I please and will prosper in what I send it to do. It's going to happen. It's a certainty. It's fixed. Okay, so may we stop living our life at times as if, and then, you know, y'all know it speaks to me first, as if God's answers are wishy-washy. See, see, God, God's not a God's not a moody God. He's not a temperamental God. Okay, all right? it's our our emotions, it's our feelings that we reflect and project on Him. Okay. All right, and so may we continue to trust that God's faithful love endures forever. Amen. All right, we read this morning. So number two, God's God's uh, answers are not are not false. Okay, so y'all tell me what does the, what do the following things have in common? All right, fake news, identity theft, filters on Instagram. All right, what's the answer? What's the final answer? Anybody? What do they have in common? Fake news, identity theft, filters on Instagram. They change the way you look. All right, anybody know the answer? I'm going to give it a shot. They're, they're all fake. That's right, babe. They're all lies. Okay? Fake news is a lie. Identity theft, that's a lie. That's not really that person. Filters on Instagram. That ain't how you look, darling. Okay? All right? Amen. Oh, amen. Okay, I don't know who he's talking about. I'm just lying. All right? <laughs> not me, so I don't even use it. All right. But anyway, I'm not going to get you in trouble. I'm not going to shut up. Okay, so Christ... Um, so that uh, you may also rejoice with great, great, uh, with great joy. Okay, uh, when His glory is revealed, uh, may we uh, may we look at this next verse. Okay, verse three. For the vision is yet for the appointed time; it testifies about the end, and listen, and will not lie. Okay, though it delays, wait for it, since it will certainly come and not be late. Again, today's message is like some simple points, but I think it's very clear in, in the Word of God. Uh, this part, it will not lie, is what they call a, a, a playanism or a redundancy, okay? It's used for effect. It's used for emphasis. He, he put it in there for a reason, okay? Um, because uh, he, he is basically, he's making this very obvious. Don't miss it, all right? Um, also, Ezekiel says something similar, another contemporary in Ezekiel 12, verse 24, 25, for there will no longer be any false vision or flattering divination within the house of the Lord. Okay? Uh, I, I, the Lord, will speak whatever message I will speak, and it will be done. It will no longer be delayed. For in your days, rebellious house, I will speak a message and bring it to pass. This is the declaration of the Lord, not the declaration of Muhammad or anything, just like, just like earlier, right? And so, no more false visions, no more flattering divination. So let's go right into the two words that begin with the letter F there. False visions. See, there's, there's too many people uh, declaring what is not the truth. Okay, even right now. Okay? Um, and we talked about that last week. And we're going to gather preachers you know, to, to, to tickle our ears, all right? to, to please us, what we want to hear. Okay? 
um, the truth it doesn't seem to be the truth anymore. It surely isn't um, preached like it should be. Amen or oh me. All right. and, and there's too many. And one of the ones I've talked about uh, many times uh, behind this pulpit is what they call the prosperity gospel. And, and without going into great you know detail about this, it's basically God's gonna God you're gonna you'll know you're blessed when you have a bunch of stuff. All right, and nothing bad's gonna happen to you, and all this. I mean, even it, what really hit me the most, I think, was about man, six or seven years ago, I was teaching PE, and, and a little, like, seventh-grade boy mentioned it to me. He was quoting, like, the prosperity gospel. I'm like, man, I better not, you know, I won't be bad because I, I won't get anything good or something like that. I'm like, what? You're, you're being taught that? Like, okay, I mean, oh. So uh, I, just want, I just want to pick a couple of verses, and I want to hand them to you, and you can use them if, you ever want, if you're ever talking to somebody who, who believes in that, in that garbage, that hogwash. Uh, Matthew 5, verse 45. If anything is, uh, bad is not supposed to happen to Christians, then why does it say this? He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good, sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. I mean, I, I'm pretty not smart guy. Don't say amen. But, uh, but I, you know, I caught you. But, um, I mean, that's pretty, it's pretty, pretty simple. Right? It says it right there. Or 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13, go a little deeper. It said, Dear friends, don't be surprised when a fiery ordeal comes among you to test you, when bad things happen, as if something unusual were happening to you. Instead, rejoice as you share in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may also rejoice with great joy when his glory is revealed. Because you can identify and you've been tried through fire and come out the other end. I don't want to chase this rabbit very far, so again, let me, hopefully you see the point. It's a lie. And there's lots of lies out there. But how do we tell the difference? How do we know? This is another simple question. You know, what is your final answer question from me to you? How do we, like, how do we tell the difference? How can we, as, as people today who live in this world, in a crazy world, how can we know the difference between a false, between a lie and a, a, a truth? Gotta have, you got to know this. you got, you got to know this. We, we have to be in the Word of God to, to know when somebody is lying to us. And, and, and I've said this before. It's been a while, and I probably should have said it more often. But you make sure you know you hear something from me. You, you need to check me. I'm not. I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. Okay. So uh, make sure anytime you're hearing somebody preaching and, and sharing the word that you, you know that you check it. Okay. That you check it. Amen. So so listen. Here's with flattering divination. Okay. If it seems too good to be true, what's the rest of it? It probably is. Okay, and uh, it, it's like I, it's a kind of a funny example. And Bree Hawkins, if you're watching today, love you, girl. All right, you remember I always remember Bree. So Bree would pick on me, and she would say, "She would coach Murphy. I got you dance, got you down. We show you dance, and I want you to do it to the rest of, for the other classes." And I'm crazy anyway. I've already danced in the class already. Like the first day, I'm, I, was do I was doing all sorts of stuff, right? I, mean, I was breaking it down, man. I was doing the gritty and everything. I mean, anyway, uh, and and uh, you know, but she would teach me these dances, and I'm like, Bree, are you sure? This is not bad. This isn't, this isn't like kind of, you know, kind of questionable. We say, oh, no, coach. No. Nah. And then I would do it. And then as soon as I do it, the next class period, they'd be like, no, no, coach. Don't, don't ever do that one again, okay? Why, why do you trust her? All right? Stop trusting her, okay? I, well, I don't know. She was flattering. I just thought she was going to tell me the truth this time, Miss Jan. All right. Um, but let's, let's, uh, let's look at a, verse that, a couple of verses that goes with this. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 4. For the time will come, and we actually... I alluded to it a few moments ago. When people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. Okay? 
I just want to hear something nice and fun and make me laugh and you know, but don't 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 speak real truth to me because I might have to actually examine that truth and look at my my life, right? So what what should we do? Like I mentioned a few moments ago, the next verse, Second Timothy four, all right, verse five. But as for you, exercise self control in everything, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry, be sober minded, and do the work. Okay, praise God, all right, that His answers and His words are are not false. Because okay, there sure are a lot of lies out there, amen. So they're so again, they're fixed, they're not fault, and then they're always on time. All right, they're always fitting. Let's look back at the same verse. For the vision is yet for the appointed time, is yet for the appointed time. Okay, it testifies about the end and will not not lie. Though it delays, wait for it, since it will certainly come and not be late. It's going to be right on time, uh, because his timing is perfect, and he is also patient. Uh, R.L. Smith says Habakkuk, like all of us, was living between the times, uh, between the promise and the fulfillment. Okay? And we are too. We're living in that same time. See, timing is very important, right? You ever you know, play football you know, or you watch football, you know, and the timing patterns, you know, you play receiver, right? you know, you had to be in the right spot at that point, right? If you were a second off, it's incomplete. It's the interception, right? Uh, you know, a golf swing. I'm starting to learn more about that. You know, uh, I still can't believe that um, Eric McLean, if you happen to be watching, just like says he never hit a golf ball before and he'd hit it 300 yards and straight every time. I've never done that, and I'm 51 years old. But, yeah, but his timing was just, everything was just perfect. It was like picture perfect. Um, it, you know, baseball, and, and even in racing, you know, if the if the yellow flag comes, on, you know, happens at a certain time, that's the difference between Winning or coming in twentieth, all right. So timing, okay. Even even getting getting married, you know, and meeting somebody just at the right time, you know. Uh, think about that. So perfect. So he is God. And he is all knowing. Isaiah forty verse twenty eight. As we we're going to close close a shop soon, y'all. I promise. I'm going over again today. I mean, y'all gonna start docking my pay, man. All right. Amen. Okay. All right. Isaiah forty verse twenty eight. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God the creator of the whole earth. He never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. That's just another verse that goes with him knowing all things. And he is still in control. Ecclesiastes says there is an occasion for everything and a time for every activity under heaven. We may not know what it means, what the purpose, but uh, he, he knows and he's perfect. His time is always perfect. And he's also patient. And again, like I said last week, for whatever reason, this verse keeps coming up in the last month or so. So I'm going to read it again. Okay, Second Peter 3, verse 8 and 9. Dear friends, don't overlook this one fact. With the Lord one day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. The Lord does not delay his promise, as some understand delay, what we think is waiting. All right, it's taking forever, God. Okay, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. He, he wants more to come to know what we know as Christians. He wants more. Okay? So he has that patience for them. I don't know about you, I'm thankful for, his, for having patience with me. Okay, I, I I just I don't get. It. I'm gonna say again, like um, that song, gratitude. I, I can't I, I can't sing certain parts of that song. You know, uh, I, I'm overwhelmed by the idea that God would love a simple person like me. I don't get it. Okay, but I'm just I'm, I'm thankful for it. And, and again, that includes all people. So I want you. Yeah, I I feel like sometimes we say that we believe that God loves everybody, but we sometimes. If we, if you hung around us a little while longer, we might put some qualifications on that. Well, I don't know about that person. 
Okay, like I'm just being honest, right? And, and so um, I saw this in uh, on a tweet, all right, by Dane Ortland. Okay, uh, he wrote a book that Sal and I read uh, here just recently within the last year. A very good book, Gentle and Lowly. Right, was the name of the book. So if you're if you're a reader, Gentle and Lowly by Dane Ortland, really really good book. Okay, uh, I highly recommend it. But he he just says this. Um, let me let me read it to you. It's going to be on the screen, all right? and then we'll make the point. Right, and then we'll, we'll be almost done. Matthew twenty six fifty. Friend, Jesus asked him, "Why have you come?" Then they came up, took hold of Jesus, and arrested him. Obviously, where where's what is happening there? Anybody? It's when he was arrested in the garden, right? Yeah. I got that. Yeah, in the garden. So, catch that. And it's funny how you know. How many times we've we've all read the Bible, and then we miss it, right? We, you know, I, I mean, I've heard it. I guess I, I knew it, but I didn't really. It didn't really mean anything to me, right? So, so okay. What's the point? All right. Sorry, I feel like I'm. You're all like, okay. Get to it, Patrick. Okay, it's it's kind of uh, getting late. Um, so, if he knew, if he knows all things, right? He knew why he why Judas was coming. He knew that Judas was going to betray him. He told him before they ate, right? So with that said, he look how he addressed them. Did y'all get it? Friend. <laughs> what? I mean, when you look at that one word, I, I mean, I don't know if I would have called him friend. <laughs> I know I wouldn't have. I'm like, come on, you little uh, backstabber, go ahead and do what you got to do. All right? You know? Right, yeah. Um, but, yeah, it could be, but I, I just like the idea of thinking that, you know, I still love you, right? I still love you. God's patience is not just for non-Christians, but for us believers as well. First John 1.9, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that love and that patience is there for us as well. So thank God for, for that. According, according to history, like I mentioned, it did happen. These things that we talked about earlier, it did happen. But it took some waiting by the people. The judgment upon Judah actually happened quickly in 586 B.C., while the fall of Babylon did not happen until 539 B.C., okay, a while later. Okay. Um, we have to be patient as well. So I want to kind of end with that. Lamentations 3, verse 26 says, It is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. And they would be like Jacob as he was about to die, was talking to all of his sons. He simply said in chapter 49, verse 18 of Genesis, I'll wait for your salvation, Lord. Waiting stinks. We talked about that last week. Talked about how the, the, the months, I think it was six months we spend in lines, all right, based on research in our life. <laughs> Crazy. Right? Nobody likes lines. Nobody likes to wait. Okay? But oftentimes those times of waiting are for our good. Charles Spurgeon said, in order to separate the precious from the vile, God uses the winnowing fan of affliction so that the shaft not be blown away and the pure wheat remain. And one day we can, we can, uh, we can ask God, Possibly, I but I don't know that. I hear, I read things like that, and I don't even know if I'm gonna care about that anymore. I just doubt it. I don't know if I'm gonna care about that thing. I'm like, I'm gonna be worshiping and praising God forever and ever. Right? So praise God that His answers are and words are fitting. They are right on time. Amen. So as I close out today, Mr. Lawrence and Sally, I, I'm, I'm done. Pretty much. Here's the deal. It's really simple. Uh, the things announced by God has happened, is happening, and will happen. Amen. Our job is to do what the song says, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey.
The fact is God has sent a deliverer to us. His name was Jesus Christ. And this same Jesus is coming back. And God will judge the earth. Those who have placed their faith in Jesus, counting for us, what he did on the cross, counting for us, will have a home in heaven. Will you? And if so, will you tell others? Right, as we ask Sally to come lead us.